So what happens if your marriage really hasn't been that great, but you've been sticking it out for the kids or for some other reason? And then let's say the reason you've been sticking it out is no longer relevant. Now what? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 115. And we are going to be talking about the situation where you stayed married for the kids. Now the kids are gone. Now what? Really, we're answering the question, if the purpose for staying married no longer is relevant, is your marriage toast? Or can you do something to redeem and reconfigure your relationship so that new life is breathed into it? So this is really a huge question. Yeah, it is. And before we jump into that, Verlinda, today we're also back to our regular programming. Mm -hmm. After taking a break from these research-based episodes, they do take a lot of work to produce. So we're thankful for the break we've had over the summer here. Yeah. And so we answered a number of questions from our listeners, and those are quicker episodes for us to produce. But uh, we were also really encouraged by how many people responded to them and how much of a help they were. Mm-hmm. And not even the one who asked the questions, but like other people would like, respond too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, a specific example as the gentleman who... Ask the question from QA1, and if you missed that episode, you can get it at oyf.link slash QA1. Just type that into your browser. Got back to us, and the original question that he posed was, how do I help my wife to be more trusting? Like, she just won't trust me. And we actually ended up challenging him on that episode himself, and mm-hmm. uh, challenging him as on his honesty. And he just got back to us now several weeks since that episode was published, and he gave us permission to share with you all what God has been doing in his marriage since he accepted the challenge. And so... Uh, Here's what he says. I just wanted to send a follow-up email to let you know that over the last month, things have been getting better and my honesty with my wife is the best it has ever been. I did go on that business trip that I had mentioned in my initial email uh, that came with the question for the show and there were no problems. I mapped out a plan of attack while there, printed out a copy for my wife, and I stuck to the plan I wrote. And he says where he was and he says, I was on my own there for three and a half days. At a conference, there were no slip-ups, no flirtatious advances by anyone, and I feel like my wife and I have finally entered into a new chapter of life that is so refreshing to be in. Mm -hmm. And he says, thank you for your advice that you gave on the episode with my question. My wife and I did eventually sit and listen to it together, and it was very useful for us both in starting some hard conversations. And so actually, from what I remember talking to him, that was a pretty uh, big challenge for him too. It took him a few weeks, I think, before he would share it with his wife. Yeah. Yeah, because it hit him so hard. Yeah, so we got to commend your courage on this. Mm -hmm. And he says, thank you again for all that you're doing to help marriages around the world. I can truly say you have helped mine. So, yeah. I think this should give people hope. Like, yeah, this was hard for him, but it wasn't like a huge whatever that he had to go out and do. Right. Like it was hard emotionally, but he did it. And now they're in this new chapter of life that's so refreshing to be in. Yeah. I just think that's so neat. Just a number of weeks later, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. So, and we're always thrilled to hear a situation where you, our listeners, are taking the actionable, practical marriage advice that we try to give here on the Marriage Podcast for Smart People, and you're working that out in the shoe leather of your marriages. Mm-hmm. So, it takes us a lot of work to produce these episodes, but some of you are putting a lot of work into implementing these episodes. Yes. Which is the harder part, I think, but... Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Worth it. So, we got to hand it to you guys. So, uh, just to kind of get into our usual routine here, last week, we answered a question from a listener about what to do when she was ready to fix her marriage, but her husband was not. That's a pretty common situation. So if you missed that show, be sure to go back and grab it. 
That one would be oyf.link slash QA8. And also in your podcast pair, make sure you hit that sub subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And one last piece of business before we mm-hmm. get into it here. Which is very exciting. We're on the road. Woohoo! But this means we're also away from our usual podcast studio. So Jason, our podcast producer, does an awesome job. But if you hear some birds chirping in the background, or I think there was just an airplane that went overhead. Or the garbage truck went by. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're on a year-long road trip. And campers do not make great recording studios. No, but this is our first recording in the camper. So far, so good. So it's very exciting. Okay. For me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited on the inside. Oh, yeah, you look it. All right, what are we talking about today? We're talking about this question. This did come from a listener as well. But it was just a situation which is a fairly classic one that we run into time and again for Linda. Or if I would say from time to time. Where mom and dad or husband and wife as they relate to our show, stuck it out, stayed married for the kids' sake. Mm -hmm. And now some of the kids are starting to leave home where they've left home. And most of our audience are Christians, so there's some commitment to the covenant of marriage there. Mm -hmm. But if they kind of made this principle or this decision in their minds to stick it out for the kids' sake and the kids are gone, the question is now what, right? Mm -hmm. I think this also relates to people who haven't consciously made the decision to stick it out for the kids. Like, they've got so busy dealing with all the kids' activities that when the kids are gone, it, they're in the same point. Like, now what? We don't know right. each other. Right. But I guess that's not really the question for today. Nope. But same sort of scenario. It could relate for sure, though. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about a little bit about why people stay married. Mm-hmm. And then about, we want to encourage you to get some help. And then we have some ideas for how to get that help. And finally, I don't know how to put that last section, but some ideas for the actual kind of help that or strategies that you can use. Okay. Start today. Sounds good. On this, okay. So why do people stay married? Well, there's a couple of researchers, Pravidi and Amato, that set out to answer this question in a study in 2003. And they did some of their own research and looked at some past research. And the past research showed that people typically stay married due to either rewards or barriers. So rewards are positive outcomes associated with being in a relationship. It's like the joy of marriage or it's better being together than being alone. Okay. All those good positive reasons about being married. Yep. And barriers are psychological forces that restrain people from leaving relationships. So um, if we get divorced, I'll lose my reputation in my church community. Or I won't be able to keep the same standard of living. Mm -hmm. So happy marriages often stay together because of the rewarding aspects of marriage, while unhappy marriages often stay together because of the barriers to ending the marriage. Mm Okay. Okay, and that's why we need to distinguish these two things and look at them. So, this researchers then looked at the rewards and barriers that kept marriages together. Caleb, can I just laugh at you for a minute? Why? Well, because you talk about these rewards and these positive outcomes, and then, like, it was like, you couldn't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes me feel really good. Oh, yeah, you will. So, yeah. did you want to fill some blanks in there? No, I can't think of any either. <laughs> So you're just going to call me out on that and not like prove it up or anything? Well, it's like, you know, the friendship you have and the camaraderie and the excitement of doing stuff together. And don't you think those are all part of rewards? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Note to self, I need to have a bang up list the next time I go into a situation <laughs> like that. Anyhow. It's like, well, I run a marriage podcast. I'm trying to think of the positive reasons right now. There must be a positive reason to be married. Anyhow. So, what did the results show, or what are we talking about? They show that you should have more coffee before recording a podcast. (laughs) Or not give your wife any. Yeah, okay. Okay, I think I totally threw you off. Yeah, a little bit. That's fine. I'm just getting back into it here. 
So these researchers looked at the study that went on for 17 years. They were looking at marital instability. Mm-hmm. And so they asked couples to look at barriers that prevented them from moving forward with divorce. They looked, asked couples for specific rewards that kept them together. And they look at whether they stayed in the marriage due to a lack of alternative relationships. Okay? That's just terrible. Well, they're asking the raw questions because okay. they're going for okay. data, right? Yep, yep. So when couples were asked why they stayed in their marriage, 74% listed rewards mm-hmm. of different kinds, 25% listed barriers, and 1% listed a lack of alternatives. Oh, well, that's better, I guess. So of those who listed the barriers, right, and these are reasons leading to divorce typically, the number one barrier to ending the marriage was staying for the sake of the children. And the second largest barrier listed was religion. Hmm. So people who attributed, this is what they state, that people who attributed the cohesiveness of their marriages primarily to barriers, or the, the glue that kept them together was primarily barriers such as staying for the children. They tended to be relatively unhappy with their marriages and were likely to be thinking or acting in ways that might lead to divorce. This is the observation of the researchers, right? Okay. And so when they could see this going on in these marriages, it predicted divorce up to 14 years later, uh, even after controlling for a couple of other other variables. And yet, at the same time, they noted that when the couple stayed together over concerns for the children, that could act as a cohesive force that keeps unhappily married couples together for a period of time. But the thing that they found is that barriers don't keep people together as well as rewards do. Okay, yeah. So, which makes sense, right? Yep. A strong attraction between spouses and things like love, friendship, positive communication. You know, all those joyful things that I thrive in every day. In <laughs> but can't, can't think of. <laughs> many. So without that, many people find ways to overcome existing barriers and leave their marriages. Oh, So okay. the barriers okay. aren't bulletproof, right? If there's not that, the rewards as an incentive to yes. stay. yeah. So even thinking about this biblically, like marriage in terms of purpose is cast in Ephesians 5 as a way to express the relationship of Christ towards his people on earth, right? Mm -hmm. And there's communication there, there's intimacy there, there's covenant faithfulness there, loyalty, commitment, deep, unfailing love. See, I had all these wonderful things in here, you just had to wait for it. (laughs) And (laughs) if your marriage... shoveling. Like, if your marriage has been carried along on the winds of any other kind of purpose... Mm-hmm. Other than these positive rewards, it's time to seriously consider how you can kind of rebuild this thing or restructure this. Mm-hmm. Again, just keeping in mind, like this is a divine design for marriage that we're talking about here. And nowhere in that passage is it saying like, you know. Stick it out. Stick it out or you'll go to hell. Right. It's not the threat of going to hell that should keep you married. Mm-hmm. Right. It's what you create that's joyful and it's better than being alone. Okay. Why are you scaling at me now? Did I not list enough stuff there? No, it just, you made it sound like if you divorce, you go to hell. No, no, sorry. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that God doesn't try to motivate people to stay married by threatening them with negative consequences. Okay. Right, right, right. right. And if you think about yourself being held together in a marriage by being motivated by the desire to avoid negative consequences, that's not great. Okay. It's not enjoyable for you. Right. The data says it's not sustainable. Okay. Okay. And I'm saying... That's not what God has in mind either. Right. And so I'm saying, rather than freak out about this, let's say, okay, yeah, that's a problem. We need to create something that attracts me into this marriage. Mm. That's where I'm going, right? Now you're talking. Okay. Yeah. Because, and then I'm making an assumption here that if they're listening to this podcast, that's why they're listening to it. Because they want to create something, right? Right. Want to make it better. Yes. Now, let me just kind of turn up the volume or the urgency or something here just to say, don't wait to get help. So... The thing that happens in an unhappy marriage is a lot of time they don't seek help at all. And the research shows, like statistically looking across it, that most distressed couples, they do not seek 
marital therapy as one possible way of fixing things. Okay. Right? Okay. So only about 30% of divorcing couples report seeking any type of counseling for their relationship. Wow. And only about 19% of currently married couples have sought counseling or therapy for their relationship. And those who do seek counseling or therapy for their relationship, they wait an average of six years after serious relationship problems develop to seek help. So they've been... In pain for six years. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to overcome and fix than It just takes longer. It It takes more work. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So... A lot of distressed couples don't seek help, and those who do often wait a long time. And I'm just asking the question, why wait? Like, what's stopping you from doing something today? And we're going to give you some ideas today as to what you can do mm-hmm. for your marriage. And I think I think one thing that stops people is most time they'll stop working on their marriage because they'll start by identifying a problem in their spouse that they think they can't change. And really, that's, that's totally disempowering yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you see the problem as being in the relationship rather than in one person or the other, mm-hmm. then... That's more neutral ground to begin talking about rebuilding mm-hmm. and recovery. Well, even the person we talked about at the beginning in QA1, right? Yeah. He wrote in about this problem with his spouse, with his wife. Right. right. But in actual fact, when he dealt with his Which own issues was, in the relationship, yep. that's what made the difference. Yeah. And if you think about the start, he was stuck, right? Because yeah. he couldn't change her. Yeah. So he wrote to us to ask us to fix her. Huh. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And that's just so normal. Yeah. But the fact is though, Caleb... He reached out for help. Yes, that's right. Which kind of is a little bit of a segue to the next point, which talks about what motivates couples to seek help. So it's hard. It's actually, this is a very, very hard question to answer. But often one spouse is unwilling to seek help. And because of that can kind of veto mm-hmm. or else undermine mm-hmm. any ability to to try to repair things. And it could be also that life is extremely busy. Hmm. Yeah, And it could be like, if you're listening to this and you're attracted to the title because of what it says about children, you're just so busy with kids Yeah, and you got to find childcare on top of that. Yeah. Right. So it's hard. But what the researchers have found on this is that couples are motivated by relationship distress. And particularly, it's usually more about the wife's desire to find help for whatever okay. reason. The husband tends to be more affected by their wife's assessment of the relationship than their own. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which... Tends to support the idea, I think we've said this in other places, in other words, but using the the language of the researchers here, wives tend to function as a relationship barometer. Okay. So if your wife listening to this, don't underestimate your capability to influence your husband to pursue help together, right? Okay. Now, I did have an idea about that because men tend to hide, right? And they're, and I think I'm just speaking to wives here so they can understand what a lot of us do. We carry this fear that if you see us as we really are, you will reject us. Not because you're mean and a rejectful kind of person, but because we feel so horrible about ourselves. Okay. Okay. So men, men often carry shame, but they carry this in, in the form of hiding or withdrawing okay. in the relationship. Or uh, men also withdraw in the marriage in an attempt actually to save the marriage because they feel that if things are calmer, the marriage is safer than when you're fighting. So if it's calm, it'll last. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. And this, this just seems unbelievable to a lot of wives, but it's actually uh, true in more cases than probably us men would like to admit. So in kind of response to this, like in talking about how to get help going for your marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I want to, I have a recommendation to make, but I want to say before I make the recommendation that as our listener, whatever you decide to do in the marriage, you have to bear the consequences. And I don't. Yeah. And and so I'm aware of that. So there's kind of a legal disclaimer here, which says I can't accept responsibility for your choices that you make. Right. But at the same time, you shouldn't just do what you hear on a podcast without really considering how this might play out in your own situation. But if you think about how you can remove barriers to seeking help, 
you might find some new ways to getting things moving in the right direction in your marriage. So for example, for the husband side of it, could you undo the whole hiding thing by bringing in his parents or his best friend or your pastor? So this, this idea- of bringing them in. Yeah, possibly, okay. right? So this idea that, you know, let's just hunker down, not make a big fuss. We'll get through this, honey. As a barrier, because we as don't a, want people to know it's embarrassing. As a barrier to seeking help into rebuilding this marriage. Okay. What if we just remove that barrier by exposing it mm-hmm. in a healthy way to... With people we trust. And care, who care about you. Yeah. So those are the, all the key elements there, right? Okay. And this is not getting someone to take sides with you, but to take sides with your marriage and say, hey, both you guys matter a lot to me, so I'm challenging you to work on this rather than hide it. Hmm. Rather than hiding from it or trying to ignore it, right? Yeah. Or if your husband's withdrawn, rather than pushing and pushing and pushing to try to get a way to get him into therapy or to do some other marriage kind of work with you, could you find a way to kind of softly confess to him that everything you've been doing to try to save your marriage isn't working and you'd like him to help you choose some resources or a counselor so that you guys can get some help? So even that is just, Hmm. it's changing how you ask the question and it's changing the question a little bit to make it more collaborative. And that it's not so... Attacking, kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any other ideas? No, actually, I don't at the moment. I'm sure I'll think of some like four points down, but. There's other ways, but I think I just want to encourage our listeners to try something though, because there is hope for your marriage and sometimes you just need to try doing something differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, to help you along those lines, we created a two-page worksheet uh, that you can download from our website if you're listening today. And I think I think you should try this because it comes at the whole marriage quality issue very gently. It would be a great tool to start a discussion about getting help without coming onto your spouse too strong. And so the worksheet comes at it like, hey, how ready are we to help to get help for our marriage? Or you can also do it by yourself if you really want to challenge yourself to think about how ready you are to get help. Uh, if you like this worksheet, you can get it by opening your browser to oyf.link slash 115. Scroll down to the gray box with the orange button and click on that. Or by texting the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Message and data rates may apply if you have to pay for your text messages. But once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Or you can find this bonus on our website at oif.link slash 115. Now, some of you may be wondering, you know, is there hope for my marriage? And this is where I want to get to the part of giving you some ideas of what you can do, right? Okay. So a lot of marriages don't seek the help that they need. And a lot of other marriages, as we pointed out, they go through many years of distress and the problems get bigger and bigger, bigger before they start seeking help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news is that for those marriages that do seek help, there is a lot of hope. And so here's a few options. And I'm just going to kind of entrust this to you as the listener to know what you need to do right now that might work best for you guys. Okay. Is that okay? Yep. So the first option to think about is just sticking it out. And it goes a little bit against what I've just said about doing something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But it may be that you've only just become aware in, of the distress that's in your marriage. And so this technique does work for some people, right? Yeah. Check out oif.link slash 111. That's episode 111, where we answer the question, is my marriage beyond recovery? And in that episode, we include this research by Hawkins and Fackrell in 2009, who looked at a national study completed by the Institute for American Values. And just quoting from this, it says, only about 10% of individuals say at any particular time that they are unhappy in their marriages, and only about 2% say they are very unhappy. And as this study followed these couples over the next five years, they found that about 15% of these unhappy individuals did divorce, but 85% hung on. 
And the better news is that those who hung on weren't miserable. About two out of three of those unhappily married adults who avoided divorce ended up happily married to the same spouse five years later. (laughs) And the unhappiest individuals improved the most. More than three quarters of the unhappiest individuals who avoided divorce said they were now happy. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. So this is, you know, while I've been encouraging you to do something, this is one strategy you could choose, which is just to stick it out. And I would say add to that, maybe do your best at bringing the best version of yourself to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking about this, Fernanda, we used to live in Vancouver, which is a port city, and they had those huge freighters more out in the harbor. Yeah. And those long, heavy ships, they take a long, long time to turn around. They're not like a speedboat yes. where you can just yes. flip them around, right? And this is that kind of strategy. It's a, think of it as a long, slow turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think any time that there's a change in our lives, like we change the stage, like whether it's the kids moving out or- a transition. A transition, Yeah. That's going to take time to find the new norm. Like even my parents, right? When dad retired, it took a little while to figure out how they were going to live day by day, you know, just figure out the details. And so that's where stickability played out fine. Yeah, exactly. Nobody needed an intervention. Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe I thought sort of as a middle of the road approach in this second option might be to look like actually having a conversation with your spouse about your commitment because of the kids and stating that you want to create something between you that will endure mm-hmm. and thrive, mm-hmm. even if the kids are largely out of the picture. So like who wants to be alone or trying to find a spouse in their fifties, right? Oh yeah. But the big scary question in here is that like you might think about asking your spouse if they're willing to commit to do this work with you. Okay. Like, yeah. Because there's always that fear that they'll say no. There is, right? Yeah. And yet I'm thinking like, wouldn't you rather know? Hmm. I don't know. So, and just keep in mind what you're yeah. asking them for. You're not asking them to commit with you at this point. Like, and I'm assuming that the marriage is not, like they're not enjoying each other very well, right? Right. But okay. But at some core level, they're, they're committed to the covenant of marriage. Yeah. And I'm just saying, you know, without committing to, to death do us part, you already did that and that's in question. I'm just saying, will you commit to trying to work on this with me and let's see if we can create something new. Okay. Right? Okay. And it just breaks into a little bit smaller of a step where you guys can begin building something. An invitation. And then yeah. everybody's on board. Like there's no hidden agendas anymore. Oh. Right? So, and it's at that stage. It's not the pursuing and the withdrawing and yeah, not knowing. Yeah, it's not the same cycle. It's a little bit different, right? And it's okay. kind of like, okay, hey, here's the problem out here that the both of us are working on. Right, right. And, and then you both kind of, you have a conversation figuring out how you're going to do that. Yeah. Whether... And you know, for some folks, you might just need some time off together, maybe to read a couple of marriage books together, go to a marriage retreat, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Get you refocused. Yeah. But just be sure that somehow you're giving yourselves some helps along the way. Mm-hmm. So rather than just sticking it out, we're having a conversation and we're going to get some helps. That's kind of this level two, right? Okay. Third option is marriage counseling. And the cumulative research on marriage therapy comes to the same conclusion that it does work and it does help. Now, we have a study from 2003 that looked at 20 different meta-analysis. Now, this is a meta of a meta. Mm. So, a meta-analysis looks at a whole bunch of research. Okay. Studies in one study to see if it's going to work, right? Okay. So, there's 20 studies about where each study was about a whole bunch of other studies. Yes. And this is a study about those 20. (laughs) Okay. 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 So, this is like a really high-level survey that found that marriage and family therapies produce clinically significant improvements in distressed clients with success rates of 40 to 50%. Now, that's all kinds of therapy. I use a modality called emotionally focused couples therapy, which has much higher success rates. 
for marriage counseling, right? Okay, okay. And in fact, I only know of one couple that I counseled when I was an intern who said, you know what, we've decided to separate. And I can't offer a guarantee for your marriage, but I hope that you hear hope in this. Hope for your marriage. Mm -hmm. But you do need to find a qualified marriage therapist. Not any therapist will do. And this is kind of like the thing that baffles me sometimes, right, is, is, you know, people have started to figure out that you don't trust your financial future to what your neighbor tells you over the fence. Right. And, you know, with all due respect to your two girlfriends or your two guys that you go fishing with, Mm -hmm. why would you entrust something as precious as your marriage to them? And I'm not, I got to be careful here because friends, Friends good, high quality, yes, 100%. But when things are serious on something that is extremely valuable, let's get some expertise involved as well. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. And so... Um, I would love to help you if you want to reach out through our website, or you can find a local counselor who's trained in emotionally focused couples therapy. And again, don't just choose anybody that hangs their shingle out. Yeah. So hopefully that gives you some ideas about things you can try. And, and just a closing thought here is is just this, that with regards to this question, we stayed married for the kids, now what? Yeah. Right? We've given you some ideas, but what has defined your relationship to this point doesn't have to be the final story. Oh, yes. You can write a new story. Yeah. Or yeah. a sequel, right? Yeah. And I've found, for example, that couples might struggle with feeling that the circumstances of life pressed them together in marriage, into marriage, like they were almost obliged because yeah. they were too young or what things happened or whatever, yeah. right? And they wonder if they ever really chose each other. Well, even if your spouse married you because they had to, it doesn't mean that you can't create a marriage now where you choose each other today. Mm, yes. Right? Yes. So you can recreate these things. Or or maybe you've gone into to life and to kids and kind of bought into popular psychology and had this child-centered marriage for decades now. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that once the children are removed, that it necessarily follows that there's no basis for your marriage. Why not get some help to create the marriage you want? Yes. So turn there's nothing there into we love what we have. Right? That's good. So, yeah, just... Maybe your marriage, you just need to think about it as a pivot. Yes. Right? Yes. And maybe it doesn't need like a whole turnaround. You just need to, you know, nudge it to another direction a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. So hang in there. Yeah. We want you to stick it out. And if you're listening today, you probably want the same thing. So. uh, No, we we don't want them to just stick it out. We want them to love what they have. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Always there at the enthusiasm, babe. That's why I love you. Yeah. Okay, we want to shout out a huge thank you, Verlinda, to a reviewer on iTunes this week who took the time and effort to leave us a review there. I love their name. Okay, why don't you go for it? All right. By SK Riddles. I love this couple and their combined wisdom. Five stars. Caleb and Verlinda have become like close friends for me. I am grateful to this candid, optimistic, and caring husband and wife for their edifying Christian perspectives. Learning from their knowledge, research, and experience turns my commute into a spiritual journey, and each day I arrive to work and to home as a better person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks, Skriddles. Thank you for that review and your encouragement. That's yes, um... very encouraging. <laughs> You need more coffee. Okay, I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, okay, so the batteries are a little low. Oh, I had a good sleep. Maybe Jason can take my part of the podcast and run the audio about 50% faster, <laughs> so I sound like a chipmunk or something. Okay, right, folks. Go ahead, Caleb! I'm going to have a nap and become a better husband. <laughs> so if you want to get involved in our mission to help save marriages through our podcast, we would like you to ask you... Uh, we, what do we want them to ask themselves? We'd like you to send us some coffee. <laughs> 
And then we'd like you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We're, we would like to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. And I haven't checked lately, but we were uh, moving past 3,000 last time I did. Cool. So we still have a ways to go. And we can't do that without your help. For even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. We've already reached our first milestone in this campaign. And we're super thankful for everyone who's helped out so far. So if you'd like to help us out, please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that URL is oif.link slash give. And we'd like to acknowledge your contribution there. You can read up about that. So what are we talking about next week? Intimacy. Actually, we're going to go really deep with intimacy, the various kinds of intimacy. And you can maybe think of this as an intimacy checkup for your marriage. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that episode with our audience. Yeah. That's all for today. Do you want to shut this down? Sure. What am I saying? So I can go have a nap. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So if you want to read through this again or share it with others, you can get to the blog post for this episode by opening your browser to oyf.link slash 115. And remember, you can also get the worksheet on that page. So look for that gray box with the orange button. Also, one request for you guys. Can you please leave us a review on iTunes? We seem to have established a pretty solid base in the USA iTunes, ranking in the top 50, but we really want to move up near the top and your your reviews help us do that. When we're there, we're more visible and we're reaching more marriages. So if you think our podcast is worth promoting for the benefit of other marriages, please leave us a review like Skriddles did today, or I I don't know when they did it, but we talked about it today. 18th. There we go. And leave it on your country's iTunes. So thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.